Hello and welcome to the Complete Health Podcast, the podcast that brings you a complete view of healthcare, exercises, medicine, and much more. We're your hosts, Helen O'Leary and Rhys Noble, both physiotherapists at Complete Physio and Pilates in London. Today marks the start of National Foot Week, so we felt a very fitting way to kick things off is by talking to someone who knows more about feet than most, foot and ankle specialist physiotherapist, Jane Baker. This episode is absolutely bursting at the seams with information as Jane goes in depth with us about what exactly a foot specialist physio is, the very long list of conditions that she treats, some simple mobilization techniques we can all use to keep our feet mobile and healthy. And just when you think this episode couldn't offer any more, Jane also outlines what she goes through during an assessment of a person's foot and ankle and also links how disorders of the foot and ankle can affect and cause pain in many other parts of the body. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 18 of the Complete Health Podcast. And then this is another one I'm super excited for. Not so excited for the fact we have to wear masks now, but we will live and learn. <laughs> so our guest today is Jane Baker. Hello. Wonderful Jane Baker. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know Jane, she works with us here uh, at Complete Physio in Chelsea, and her specialisation is in feet. That's right. Indeed. So, feet are an amazing part of the body. They do amazing things for us. They're the start of a lot of our movement chains, and they affect everything up the chain. So I'm really looking forward to this, particularly because I'm having some foot issues at the moment, which I'm actually seeing Jane for. I feel like the reason we spoke to Dan was because you needed some work in your triathlon. I'm just using all of these <laughs> for my own. So we're going to use you as a case study. Yes, we are. A little bit indeed. later, I think that'd be quite interesting. So, for those of you that haven't listened before, uh, my name is Reese Noble. I am one of the physiotherapists here at Complete Physio, and I'm here as always with my delightful co-host Helen O'Leary. Delightful this week. Delightful. <laughs> what were you last week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what day you ask. <laughs> and of course, we've got Jane. So, Jane, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Absolutely, pleasure. Been a been a joy working with everybody here. On I'm here on a Monday. Yep. Um, and the other days I'm in a in a podiatry clinic in Harley Street, working really closely with the podiatrist there, which Fantastic. is brilliant because we just pop into each other's rooms and ask each other to have a look at patients and cross refer. So it works really well. Amazing. Yeah. So leading on from that, Jane. Yeah. What's your background? How how did you get into physio? How did you end up in as a Foot specialist physiotherapist. Okay. So, um, as much as I hate to admit it, I've been physio for about thirty-three years. Wow! I know. I graduated You're stuck in. Stuck at it. I know. I graduated in um, nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen eighty-eight. Graduated in eighty-eight. <laughs> I won't tell you how old I was in nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs> I was alive. Okay, so was I. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. I did two years work in the NHS and then I actually moved to America and worked in private healthcare in the States for 11 years. And then when I came back to the UK, I decided that I wanted a bit of a break. So I just sidestepped into veterinary physio. Oh, wow. So I trained as a veterinary physio and worked a split practice of human and animals for about four years. Big animals, little animals? Both dogs and horses. Wow. Yeah, so I did that for a bit down in Hampshire for about four years and then decided actually that I preferred working with with people 
um, should have just got a dog <laughs> myself. <laughs> and then um, came back and worked in London actually, and did a lot of corporate work um, with all the big um, big banks. And then worked with a with a clinic called Kensington Physio. Yeah. And in that time, I started seeing a lot of patients with foot problems. And when I I don't know about you guys, but when I was at Physio College we worked basically from the brain down and the last thing that we studied were the feet for the last week pretty much the last week <laughs> at which point everybody had switched off nobody took any notice whatsoever and they became essentially paddles at the end of the legs and nobody really took any notice of them so i started doing more and more work with um with people they'd come in with hip issues or knee issues and then go oh actually my foot's hurting or I'd be looking at them walking and notice that their foot didn't move or their big toe didn't bend and I started to get more and more interested in how the foot was affecting the rest of the body and vice versa did some courses and started treating people's feet and the thing I think the thing that prompted me the most was people would um, have been to see um, a doctor or their GP with plantar heel pain or arch pain or big toe pain or ball of foot pain particularly the older population and come back with well everyone gets foot pain yeah we're just being told to live with it yeah and it's such an important part of the body and we use our feet every day we have to use them to get around and and it just was quite upsetting that people were, were struggling with foot pain and it wasn't being treated so I just took it upon myself, got in touch with um, foot, uh, foot and ankle consultants, went and watched surgeries, sat in on clinics. There's an amazing um, special interest group called the Association of Foot and Ankle Physios. I did not know that. Which um, is a great resource, A, for um, courses, but also to find a foot and ankle physio in the UK. So if I've done lots of networking, if I've had a patient who's come from quite a long way away, mm found a local physio which has been brilliant and they've run um cadaver courses oh cool which have been fascinating when you look at anatomy books and you think that the achilles tendon is this beautifully structured (laughs) fine detailed tendon and all the joints are perfect then you actually open up a a cadaver and you see the conglomeration of tissue that you're just like oh my god <laughs> how on earth do you figure out how everything works so i just started to get interested and started working with people and getting good results and over time decided to um, just take foot and ankle referrals and actually thought that it would completely annihilate my caseload yeah i thought oh my god i'm not going to get any patients mm and started to get referrals and see more and more feet and get better results and it just piques the interest and then you develop this passion for it and now it's literally become a real passion of mine to to a educate people about feet educate physios or personal trainers sports therapists but also patients themselves Um, and what is so interesting. I did a course years and years ago called When the Foot Hits the Ground, Everything Changes. That's a nice name. Yeah. And it's so true. But you know, if you if you get a foot that has a big toe joint that's painful or doesn't move, 
it's going to have an effect somewhere else. Yeah. Your hip's probably not going to extend because mm -hmm. you can't roll through your foot properly. So you've got to, you, you, people say, oh, you're a foot specialist or foot medical specialist. And I have to reframe it and say, you, I listened to Annabelle's talk and she said, you, it's not just a shoulder. Yeah. You have to look at the whole body. And if your thoracic spine isn't rotating, it's going to have an impact lower down the kinetic chain and vice versa if your foot's not absorbing shock somewhere else in the body is going to absorb shock yeah so you may get a patient who comes in with back pain but actually it started much lower down the chain yeah so it's 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 a really interesting focus but you can't actually forget the rest of the body even when you're treating um somebody who's post-op so they've had a bunion surgery yeah you were always looking at okay what what was the primary cause of the bunion? Because it's all very well having a corrective surgery, but if you don't look at the cause of the problem in the first place, is the patient potentially going to end up with problems that will repeat issues further down the line? Yeah. So you said that about people who went to see their GPs and then would kind of come in and say, oh, I've just got to live with it. So do you have to live with foot pain? Absolutely not. So there's always there's always a pathway, yes. isn't there, with, with any with any injury. So you try and live with it. If you can't live with it, then you're going to seek help, and hopefully at some point you get directed to a physio or a, a, a therapist who's going to have a look at what the problem is, assess, address, treat. If things aren't progressing, your next um, your next um, step is to go maybe for some kind of invasive procedure, mm -hmm. steroid injection, um, hyaluronic acid injection, if that's not working, whatever the problem is, possibly a surgical intervention. Mm -hmm. But what, um, particularly when I work with Simon, who's the, Simon Costain is the podiatrist mm -hmm. I work with, we always have the philosophy, probably most physios actually, that surgery is a last resort. Yeah. You, it's never a silver bullet. And as much as you think that it's going to take away pain, there's all the other issues yeah. and risks associated yeah. with surgery. Um, and that's, I mean, that's for any part of the body. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're not, we're not vehicles, you know, no. you, you don't take out the carburetor and just sort of replace it. Like it's, it's a knock on and it's a system, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And particularly with, well, I can't say particularly with feet, actually with most other parts <laughs> of the body, if you've got pain, you've got dysfunction, you've got muscle weakness and atrophy, you've got other things going in the, on in the body, if you can address those before you go into surgery, your outcomes yes. are going to be so oh, much better. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same with a shoulder surgery or a knee surgery. If you go into a knee surgery with a fixed flexion deformity, you're probably going to come out with an issue as well. Yes. So address it beforehand as much as you can. Um, take away the, the whole mystery of surgery with with a patient, particularly, my experience with feet is that um, patients who have painful feet hate their feet. Yeah. Okay. They don't want to look at them. They don't want to touch them. They really just have this sort of disassociation from their feet. Put that person through a surgery where they've now got an incision, bandages, mm -hmm. dressings, bleeding, bleeding post-op pain. Right. Yeah you've got another whole issue to address. Yep. 
So if you can if you can demystify everything before they go into soda, get them touching their feet in particular, just getting familiar with their feet again, their post-op experience is a lot less traumatic. Mm. And what kind of things do you normally see kind of walking through your door? Oh gosh. Walking through my door, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. I didn't even talk about that. It's really been a long day. <laughs> Limping through my door. Uh, so, gosh, anything. So, it could be. So, what, okay, what have I had today? I've had um, somebody who was seven weeks post op from a chylectomy, which was basically a, she had a very stiff big toe joint, mm-hmm. and uh, she went for surgery to clear out the extra bone around the joint. And they do that now. Yeah, they still do that. Mm. I would have thought they would stop that. Interesting. No. Um, that was a minimally invasive surgery, so the, her, her scar was literally about... Sorry, I'm just opening nuts you're, for yeah, anyone listening. If you're listening. hearing the crackling, it's me just having a snack. <laughs> I can't open it. Oh, there you go. You're going to hear him chewing. Yes. No, my mask will mask that. <laughs> Um, so she was seven weeks post-op and just needed a little bit of help with swelling and exercises. Mm-hmm. She was still a little bit stiff. Um, I saw one of Reese's patients <laughs> who had been struggling with what Achilles issues and then big toe joint pain with very rigid supinated feet. So he had very high arches with very stiff joints throughout the foot. Mm-hmm. So when the foot is supposed to be in pronation flexible, there was no movement in the foot, so he wasn't shock absorbing at all. Mm. And of course, as with lots of people and lots of our patients over lockdown, mm. uh, he'd increased his, his running. Yeah. So exactly the same with any injury, increased load, increased volume, mm. problems start to come up. Um, what else do I see? I see lots of people who come in with bunions trying to avoid surgery, yep. which is which is great. Um, I see people with metatarsalgia, which is a generic term for ball of foot pain, mm-hmm. but there's lots of reasons for that. I see people with um, stiff big toes. I see people with hammer toes, with... Um, Injuries, so they may have stubbed their toe. I did see a patient who dropped a four kilo metal weight on the end of her big toe, which wasn't pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, I see people with plantar fasciitis, arch pain, heel pain, um, perineal tendon, so lateral ankle pain, ankle sprains. Um, what else? Oh, tibialis posterior. That's one of my favourite things. Issues with tibialis. <laughs> Why is that don't, my You don't hear that every day, do you? <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's really satisfying to treat. Right. Um, it's really hard to treat. Um, if you if you get it early enough, you can have really good results. And I know you had mentioned about orthotics when we were talking mm. about what should we talk about. Um, and in combination with supportive insoles and strengthening you can you can get some good good results yeah with tip post issues yeah um, way, i mean the way to think about orthotics sometimes is as a, like you'd think about a brace for another part of the body isn't it like a knee brace so if you had a knee operation you might wear a brace for a little while but eventually you want to get off it is that a similar line of thinking to orthotics yeah so there's there's 
depending, I think depending on the podiatrist that you talk to, but I think nowadays um, the the role of an orthotic is to um, support a foot whilst it's being strengthened. Mm-hmm. With the ultimate goal that you may not need orthotics long term, um, but some people do. Some people will need to be in an orthotic um, yeah. long term. My goal is always: I don't. If if a person is given a set of orthotics, I will always say to them, "You need to review with your podiatrist yeah. um, every, you know, maybe every six months." Yeah. Um, particularly if you're doing strengthening work, mm. because your foot, just like the back, if you're wearing a, a, a brace, a supportive brace, and then you're doing a strengthening program, you may not you may not need to wear it all the time. You might need a less supportive yep. brace, and then you can get rid of it. It's the same with with insoles. You may need a really supportive um, insole, and then as the foot gets stronger, you can decrease the support of the insole. That'll come as a big surprise to a lot of people that you don't, once you have orthotics, that doesn't mean you have orthotics forever. Yes. Yeah. That'll be surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's one, I find it's probably one of those set and forget areas. Like you see people with this horribly worn out um, orthotic and you say, so how, long, how long have you been yeah. wearing that for? Yeah, exactly. oh, six years. And you're yeah. Like, have you had it reviewed? No, yeah. I haven't. And they don't seem to, and whether that's a, whether they uh, get told education or... on the side of the podiatrist or just a, an expectation or probably they were in pain put their orthotics in Not no pain. more pain yeah I love these orthotics yeah but, um... the other there's two things with orthotics that's that's one thing that i will always encourage people to to do a, a review with their with their podiatrist um, once they've got orthotics the other thing i would encourage patients to do is have an orthotic so lots of patients i've seen or maybe you guys see patients and they come in and they go i've got 10 pairs of insoles i hate them all because they were given a set of insoles and then went off and they weren't comfortable Mm -hmm. and then they didn't go back to the podiatrist and review them and i'll i'll usually say to a patient if they've just been given a set of insoles you might have to come back three or four times just to tweak them. Well, it's like a pair of glasses like that. Glasses, yeah. you'd go to an optician, so you'd get a check, you'd kind of walk home, you go, no, these are giving me headaches, so you go back again. Exactly. Same thing. It's, 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 you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, six months or a year into wearing those glasses and your eyes have changed slightly, you go back for a checkup, yeah. right? So do the same. It might be actually that your foot's got weaker. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to get pain, and it's not the orthotic, but it's actually that your muscles have got weak, and it's not supporting the foot. So you need to you need a review, or you need to see your physio, or your Pilates instructor, or your trainer, and start doing foot exercises, Ooh. which could lead oh, us on to really nice feet segue. <laughs> for the feet. I was going to say it could lead us very nicely onto a very quick chat about footwear. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, this is always going to stir up a big debate. As in, like, what type of feet footwear people should wear. So, you've got the the barefoot shoe brigade. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) there's a big, there's a big push, which I, which I don't disagree with, that if we spend all our time stuck in, um, 
thick soled inflexible shoes mm-hmm. a bit like the knee brace the back brace the muscles are going to go well, i don't need to do anything i'll just i'll just stop working so it is really important to um to look at your footwear but also to spend time barefoot so walking around it's like my favorite thing walking around the house barefoot you've got yeah. 200,000 plus sensory nerve endings in your feet it would be like putting your hands in mittens and walking around and having your life in a pair of mittens if you are constantly in in footwear and your and your feet do you've got so many muscles you've got four layers of intrinsic muscles in your feet you've got a, they're really muscly and so if you start not using them as we, sh- as we should use them, they are going to atrophy, they're going to weaken, and they're not going to do the function that you want them to. Take a look at people who, um, who have to use their feet for function. So people who can't use their hands and they've learned to use their feet. There was a massage therapist in the 2012 Olympics, and she massaged with her feet. Wow. And she had the most incredible dexterous strong feet and it just goes to show that you can you can retrain and you can strengthen and you can adapt and change you can adapt and change and that's what i'm trying to do with my patients is get them um improving their foot function when they've got things like a stiff big toe or hammer toes or um arch pain because their intrinsic muscles are weak Mm -hmm. We're just trying to, to restore function, just like the rest of the body. So with footwear, yes, trainers, ballet pumps, work shoes, high heels, <laughs> um, no shoes. So there's no, there's not a there's not a an always mm-hmm. and a never for right. me. Um, I love even as I'm a foot physio, I love wearing high heels. Jane is like one of the most stylish physios I think I've ever met. <laughs> it's like Amanda Lau. Amanda Lau, she's like, she's yeah. a podiatrist. Amanda, if you're listening, I really hope you are. I always just used to be in awe of her when she came into clinic in these amazing dresses and high heeled shoes and just used to assess people's feet. Yeah. I'm like... I don't get that when I come into clinic in dresses and high heels. Though. No, 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 nobody appreciates that. Do they? Very disappointing. <laughs> but, so, I will wear high heels. I'm very aware of of the effect that they have on my feet mm-hmm. that I might be trying to squash my toes into a narrow toe mm-hmm. box when a foot is designed to Spread. be actually wider at the toes if you look at a baby's foot someone said to me the other day um, you don't, you never see a baby with bunions <laughs> which is true Can you imagine if you did? I mean, that would be really creepy <laughs> but it's true yeah you a, a baby's foot is actually wider at the at where the toes are. Yeah. Whereas we've actually pushed our feet from childhood into narrower toe box. We've all got our feet out. We've all got our feet out. We walked into this room and immediately took our shoes and yeah. socks off when we knew it was So what we ideally, you look at my feet. You can see, I can spread my toes out. We're going to go and get a close-up camera for you all. Okay. Okay. That's as far as I can get. Yeah, see your little toes, which have their own muscles. 
just um, don't move so well. My left is significantly not as good as my right. Yeah. Okay, so these are my things. So I could, this would be my toes in narrow toe box shoes. So I can actually give myself a bunion here on this side. Um, and that would be what my foot would look like in a tight shoe. But I can correct that and I can spread my toes out. You look at my toes here. <laughs> I can spread my toes out to correct for having spent time here. So if I do wear high heels, I will actually spend time either popping my fingers between my toes, which I can demonstrate in a minute, and spreading my toes out, massaging my feet, and strengthening. Now if we look at Helen's toes, if we look at her trying to spread her, her toes, we've got some function of her abductor here. Her little toe isn't doing a lot. Doing anything. <laughs> that one might be doing something. A bit. I mean, that one's doing nothing. Not a lot. And it would be interesting for her to spend time trying to put her fingers through her toes like this. So you basically shake, shake hands with your foot <laughs> and spread the toes. Oh, that's really not very nice. So you're really tight your toes but that again is something that will we change over time can you do it can you get in yeah let's see yeah you can do it oh. and what a nice way to mobilize your foot oh, I yeah. do this in the evening. Yeah. so this would just be something that somebody can do in an evening after work after being on their feet all day or sitting down all day in shoes absolutely so we're incorporating touch and sensory stimulation which is really important now, lots of people who have foot issues won't even get anywhere near putting their fingers between their toes. Due to, like, they just physically can't get gap they it enough? They physically can't gap it enough. Amazing. So you yeah. never, ever, this is really important, you never, ever force um, that position. Ah, so what about, I feel like we're segueing all over the place, but what about, <laughs> what about when people come into you and, like, you know when you go for a pedicure, yeah. you get those things that go between your toes and yeah. then people walk around in them? So, if you have a foot like mine, that's something that I could do quite easily. Mm -hmm. But if you have a foot that, um, even yours, you'd probably struggle to put those pedicure mm -hmm. toe separators in. Or yeah. there's another piece of kit called yoga toes. Yeah. They're quite thick, um, solid silicone. Yes. Um, it, that's an aggressive stretch. Now, it's something that you can build up to. But it's not something that I would that I would recommend initially. Okay. So I wouldn't force anything in between the toes. These are really gentle, soft silicone toe separators. We can put the links to those in the show notes. Yeah. Um, which go go between the toes, and even um, putting these on and just sitting with them is a nice way of just encouraging that space between the toes. Mm -hmm. but not walking on them right. initially. <laughs> you, you can exercise with these on, but you just need to get used to that, um, that rate, extra range of motion. Jane, what percentage of people that you see with foot pain would have 
pain somewhere else as well, like a knee or a hip or low back pain, do you think? Gosh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Question without notice. I think, I, mm, I reckon that if you left foot pain long enough, most people would have pain somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it depends on how quickly they decide to sort the foot pain out and whether they go, I've dealt with my foot pain, now I've got hip pain. Yeah. I'm going to get my hip pain sorted out because they don't necessarily associate their foot pain as the cause of their hip pain. Yes. Do you think a lot of people see you after they've got everything else and almost as a bit of a last resort? I think now, because I've been doing it for probably 10 plus years, I see most people who've just got foot pain. Because um, just from a referral basis, people know people who talk yeah. about, oh, foot pain, oh, go and see Jane, she helped me with my mm -hmm. foot pain. So um, sometimes I, I do get people who've got pain um, Whereas I feel Lots like of places. a lot of the time I send you clients isn't for a lot of our chronic back pain or post-surgical back clients that have got a lot of foot stuff going on. Yeah. Um, that have never addressed that and have got, but have addressed their back pain. Yeah. So I tend, I tend not to get the primary referral as the other body areas. Yeah. I get the primary referral as the as the foot and ankle mm -hmm. so maybe I get mine a little bit earlier mm -hmm. um, and then I will get people like you or um, or Reese who are treating people for other stuff and treating their feet and then just want a little bit of an extra set of eyes on mm -hmm. the feet yeah um, like your guy today yeah absolutely. he's an interesting interesting case yeah and like it was it was good to get your eyes on it because I sort of was in the right direction of what was going on but just couldn't quite specify it with the concise nature that you did so just chatting about it afterwards I was kind of had a few like light bulb moments yeah. Of, oh yeah of course yeah oh, that's, that's, that's that's what nice. I yeah yeah so yeah certainly really I mean I've sat in with you for a few now and it's su yeah. super interesting yeah um, to see so Another area I want to look into more, Helen. So, <laughs> I look at every podcast. Like, I've got to do more. Of that. I've got to do more of that. <laughs> I want to. I want to teach you more of it. Yeah. Well. Okay, great. All right. I'll so, be in. What will people? What should people expect when they come and see you? So, um, as with with any physio, I'll take a full history. Mm -hmm. um, when when did issues start? What they're experiencing? Um, I want to know what um, previous injuries they've had that may have affected their feet. So it might be. Um, for example, that um, they rolled their, oh, they rolled their ankle six years ago. <laughs> that they rolled their ankle six years ago and damaged their ligament on the inside of the ankle, and then started training for a marathon. And he's looking very sheepish at the moment. <laughs> and their tibialis anterior tendon became an issue. It's very oh. angry tendon. And yeah. and again, as with 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 how other physios treat, I could have just treated the, we could have just treated the tibialis tendon issue. Mm -hmm. But unless you're actually looking at why that's 
become inflamed or um, flared up, you, you're not going to settle the problem. Um, and he had a very stiff foot, and actually the, the tibialis anterior was overworking, so mobilised the yeah, foot. It was doing a good job for me, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was working out. Um, so, so we'll always look at, at history. Um, there might be a, a family history of, of bunions. Mm -hmm. um, that's just interesting to, to note because then you, you're actually saying, well, what, what are your kids' feet like? Maybe mm -hmm. we need to start addressing those sooner rather than later. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I will um, look at them walking. I'll do all kinds of different um, gates with them. So I'm basically doing an overall screen to be able to pick up things to hone in on. So It looks through, like the Ministry of Funny Walks. It does look like <laughs> <laughs> And we'll get full Monty videos Park, some of those later. <laughs> so for example, I'll look at them just walking. I'll look at them walking with their feet turned out. I'll look at them walking with their feet turned in. So I'm getting a global look at what their hip mobility is mm -hmm. like. But I'm also looking at um, when they walk with their feet turned out, do they um, pronate on mid-stance? Can their foot, is their foot flexible? Um, is one side the same as the other? Mm -hmm. um, I'll get them to walk with their feet turned in, I'll get them to walk as if the ceiling's very low. That's a really good way of determining whether they've got early heel lift. If they've got early heel lift, that is, telling me that I need to check their calf flexibility or their ankle mobility or their big toe mobility. So I'll do a general screen. I'll also screen their back because I'm also looking at leg length. I'm looking at um, pelvic mobility, sacroiliac joints, stalk test, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll check hip mobility. I'll do um, Thomas tests. So I want to know if they're, if they're tight in their hip flexors because if they can't hip extend, that's going to have an impact on, mm -hmm. on, the, on how the body's working or how the foot's moving. Um, I will look at um, proximal tib-fib joints because I want to know whether there's tibial rotation. I'll look at distal um, tib-fib joints. I'll look at cilius and gastroc flexibility. I'll look at um, big toe joint mobility, plantar fat plantar fascia flexibility, I'll look at balance, I'll look at single leg eyes open, <laughs> single leg eyes closed. If they're really good, I'll be looking at dynamic balance with head turning. Um, yeah, that's hard. I'll look at, um, and, then, and then I always say to the patient, I am going to look at your foot at some point. <laughs> but I need to get, I actually need to get a really clear overall picture of what's, what's going on in the body. Then I'll look at a more, depending on what they've come in with, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and how much pain they're in, because some of them might not be able to move to be able to see, for me to see that. I'll look at um, foot muscle strength, so perineals, tib post, tibialis anterior, flexor hallucis longus, flexor digitorum longus, extensors, um, so the, the extrinsic muscles of the feet. I will look at the intrinsic muscles of the feet. So a bit like we did, can you abduct your big toes? Um, can you do lumbrical or intrinsic function? Um, and what's the mobility like in the foot? And then I will check joint mobility in the foot. So for example, if a patient has limited uh, ankle dorsiflexion, 
I'll check the how the talus moves. Mm -hmm. Is there a restriction in the anterior posterior glide of the talus? Mm -hmm. um, I'll check all the midfoot um, joints, the navicular glide, does the cuboid move, the mid uh, tarsal joints, the metatarsals, and do the sesamoids move if there's a sesamoid issue? Mm -hmm. um, it, it depends. That's, I, that's a global overview of everything that I could look at. Um, sometimes I'll check everything and um, sometimes, sometimes I won't. It depends. Um, but that's pretty much, that's, I typically see, see patients for an hour at least. Um, for their first appointment. And that's Surprise, you all in. There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, and then explain everything to the patient, what we've, what we've found, the logical reasoning behind their injury or their presentation or their pain or their foot type and come up with a management plan. There we go. Wow. There's a lot to it. <laughs> so, we have to wrap up there. Okay. But that's a really interesting insight into, I think, the complexities of the foot. Like there's lots mm. of layers there, which is amazing. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, there's a lot to look at. And, and it sort of, hopefully after listening to this, it becomes obvious how it can affect other parts of the body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and things like that. I, yeah. I would really love uh, for our next episode, if we can go through um, how the foot functions in gait you maybe look at how you test the muscles that you've just been through yep. and then we can do a bit of a case study on my foot <laughs> and we'll see what i'm not doing and it becomes clearly obvious <laughs> when we look at things sound reasonable perfect perfect excellent well thank you very much everyone for listening we will be back very very soon again with jane where we're going to have a look at the wonders of feet and then look at my, my not so wonderful foot so we'll see you then that concludes episode 18 of the Complete Health Podcast, just one part of our three-part chat with Jane. In episodes 19, Jane continues to share her abundant knowledge with us as we look into how the foot functions during gait. We take a close look at Reese's feet as a case study and handy tips for physios and other healthcare professionals out there on how to perform a basic assessment of the foot ankle. If you would like to get in contact with us or Jane, all contact details are in the show notes and we have also popped in the link to the gel spreaders Jane talked about in this episode. For, For another, another week, week, stay healthy and, and goodbye. goodbye.